Welcome, everybody, to Who's Your Band? I am Jeffrey Paul. I'm sitting here with Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? Living the dream, Jeff. Living the dream. Well, listen, today's show is, this is a show that's inspired by a post that Sean posted, I was going to say about two weeks ago, and it's about the movie The Warriors. Yes. Um, and just as luck would have it, I happen to be friendly with uh, Apache Ramos, who is a uh, he was an actor on the movie, and he was—he's gracious enough to join us today. So let's bring him to the show because we gotta get this started right away. I've, I've been looking forward to this. Let's bring him to the show. He—he he was one of the offens. In fact, not just one of the offens. He was second in command. Okay, yeah, yeah, you had the the great who was it? Uh, was that Paul Greco? Was that Paul Greco who was the leader of the offense? And then then he, this guy comes on on the screen with a big afro. Uh, Apache Ramos, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, rest in peace, Paul Greco. Yeah. We lost him back about 2008. But yeah, it's, it's always great when the orphans get invited, brother. Orphans never get invited. <laughs> so how cool is that? Thank you, guys. Show you love. see? You see? We're in the paper. Yeah. Oh, man, you orphans. You are big news. Yeah. I, I was the war chief. And check this out, bro. Somewhere on this planet, somebody is whipping my ass in the video game right now. How cool is that? Man. How cool is that, huh? That's real. That, that is really cool. First of all, man, I love love the movie. Okay, it has been one of my favorites from of all time. I'm a Staten Island guy. Um, I remember in Staten Island, everyone was talking about this movie. Now I'm setting you up here, Patrick, because. Sean hated the movie. Okay, sorry. We got to convince him. That's okay, Sean. No, it's not okay. He's not entitled to hate this. Not this movie. This one. Let's let's start with this. I will preface by saying, my best friend. uh, This is one of his absolute all-time favorite movies, and he begged me for years. To watch this movie now, I'm also known Apache for uh, not seeing huge movies. So, like, I've never seen the Star Wars. Me, me, I, I, I me too. Not until my grandson uh, started watching that. I thought I was one of the few people in the galaxy yeah. that didn't see it. No, like, I've never seen the Lord <laughs> of the Rings. I've never seen. Never I only seen saw, it. I saw the God Five first time like four years ago. How was that possible? It, yeah, I, I, I just watched it. There's a lot of movies I haven't seen. There's a lot of them I haven't seen. So I had never. Now that I'm dating, now that I'm dating again, senior dating, uh, yeah, I'm starting to see more movies. <laughs> All right. Well, no, you should take it. Yeah, that's okay. You know, uh, it's funny because to me it was just a gig back in the day. Sure. Finally got a gig. You know, I wasn't never getting no gigs. Like you know, I was like it was rough, and I remember going to that audition. Uh, uh, they sent me to this audition. I didn't really give a hell, give a damn. Now, what are you, I'm sorry. You were, you're, you're what? About 23, 24 when you landed the party? I'm like, I was beautiful. I was like 23, 24, serious attitude. I had, uh, I had just came out of college a couple of years before. I was working, uh, where was I? I was working in Bloomingdale's on a loading dock. And I was hanging out at the Subway Inn, which was on 60th and uh, Lexington Avenue. And I got this audition, and I go to the. Were audition. you an actor? 
Yeah, I was acting then. I had a, uh, I was doing the theater. I was in the, uh, I was doing, at that time, I was doing a, a play about Attica, uh, out of the Nation of Islam back in the day. But um, yeah, I was trying. I was getting rejected all the time. I had my own theater group when I was in college. I went to school up in uh, the Amherst area. So there was oh, wow. a lot of good stuff out there. There was Mount Holyoke Smith, where I went to school a lot. <laughs> where I took a lot of classes and uh, uh, we had Amherst, UMass, and then my, my alumni, which is Hampshire College. And uh, so when I left in 76, you know, I was trying to be an actor. I served my apprenticeship in Napa Valley, which was really beautiful. You know, in the wineries, it was just so beautiful. But anyways, to, I got the part. I So I went to the audition. I had a black t-shirt, silver letters that said bronze, shorts, my eight by ten and a bottle of rum. <laughs> and uh, were you like going said, in as were you going in uh, in character? I was just going in as myself. I I didn't I knew it was a, it was a movie about gangs, and uh, you know I was born in Brooklyn, raised in the Bronx. Were you familiar with the my book? Blood type is B positive, brother. <laughs> Patrick, were you familiar with the book going in? No, not at all. No, I wasn't familiar with anything. I just knew that when I got there. There was a whole bunch of guys. Some of them looked like gang members. Some of them looked like actors. It was just, you know, it was just a big cattle call. And I was sitting there sitting, sipping my rum. and uh, I really You're drinking care. while you're waiting to audition? Yeah, I was just sitting there sipping and uh, waiting. <laughs> it was a long, long wait. And uh, this guy sits next to me. This white guy sits next to me. He's talking. We talk. He goes away. I open a sip. Nothing happening. And when I finally go in, it turns out that was Walter Hill that I had met. I had just met like that. and um, but let, let our audience know who Walter Hill is. Walter Hill's the director. Walter Hill is the director of the Warriors and a whole bunch of other stuff. And what a cool guy he was. And he offered me, I didn't even have to say nothing because we had already kind of had a meeting already. And uh, he offered me this. He said, it's a small part. I wish I met you sooner. Would I take it? I said, hell yeah, I'm starving. I'll take it. Yeah, I take it. So when I took it, uh, I remember shooting with, uh, that's when I met Paul Greco, great brother. We hit it off right away. And uh, um, we didn't know what the Warriors looked like, not at all. We just knew what we saw in the script. Uh, Walter didn't let us see us. We didn't see what they looked like. And then when I finally saw what they looked like, I started laughing and Paul and I started laughing because they, they didn't look real to us. Especially, in the, uh, remember, this is 1978. Right. This is the year after the summer of hell in New York City, where we had fucking David Berkowitz shooting people up, and we had uh, the blackout in 77. The city was hot times, very hot times. And um, uh, I think the carryover was definitely in 78. So it was there was a strange vibe in the city, and I think it really comes out in the movie too, which Absolutely makes it a little scary. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. seemed to me in, in, in the movie that they, I thought they used a lot of like, real gang members is that well true? i think the the warriors themselves would tell you that they had some uh encounters with uh with some of the gang members but remember i know mostly my part i know mostly what the stories they tell me <laughs> when we're sitting around that's one thing we're a very tight cast and we were just recently most of us were together uh last two saturdays ago at the uh summer summer what was it uh you were there last uh, oh, super fest Super last Saturday. It was last Saturday. 
Was it last Saturday? Yeah. No, last Saturday I was with with a friend of mine. Last Saturday it was the Saturday before. Okay. Anyways, it, it, uh, it, that was a fun time because <laughs> I had breakfast with uh with uh, I wind up having breakfast with meat from uh, Porky's. We just bumped into each other. That's right. What's his name? Tony Tony Galolis Galicos or something. What a cool brother. He was. It was kind of rainy, and uh, I think he wanted to get something to eat. And he had a shopping cart, and he's walking down the street. And he even got the, he even got the toothpick, not the toothpick, the uh, the match uh, in his mouth. He's pushing as it's starting to rain. And me and my boy Santana, we saw him. We picked him up, and we had breakfast at Pinellas. But what a cool guy! He was in the Wanderers, exactly. and he was. And he and with the toothpick, he was the guy. Leave the kid alone. <laughs> Leave the kid alone. Yeah, that was a big. Was, man, I, I thought that guy was gonna be a huge, huge star. He was like Stallone. <laughs> he looked he, like and, Stallone. And he's a Greek. He's Greek. He's Greek. So he liked my little couple of Greek words. I know, you know, from growing up. When you grow up in New York, you know a little bit of everything, you know. So, uh, yeah, he uh, what a good guy. We hung out a little bit at that event. That's what I like when I'm, you know, like I said, I make the joke, like you invited me, but the orphans, you know, we call ourselves like the B squad with, with the Lizzie's, Wanda Velez and Dee Dee and I, and, and some of the, uh, like this time we had, um, we had Billy Torres, I had never met before and he was uh, the Turnbull ACs. And sometimes the promoters uh, invite the, uh, you know, the, 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 I call us the, the B squad, the junior varsity, we get to well, go you guys and, uh, weren't invited to the big meeting. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, and that, remember, in the God, orphans, they're not invited shtick. to the big meeting, Sean. Yeah, that's what my shtick. That's why I have my orphan nation on Facebook, because a lot of people felt like an orphan. And that's why the orphans get a lot of love, you know. And uh, it's true. I do my uh, my red button shtick. I don't know if you remember red buttons, but he never had do. a dinner. So he yeah. never had a dinner. So the orphans never got invited. Sean, that's why you got to love. The orphans, brother. <laughs> All right, so here, let, let me let me interject you for a second. So as yeah. I'm watching, as I'm watching this piece of shit movie, right? It gets to <laughs> He's not gonna hold back, oh, Apache. I, love him. I, love him. I, I am glad. Look at look at look. He reminds his, me his of my screen. old bartender. The, my old bartender. The first thing he said to me is, uh, "What do you want, you cocksucker?" And I said, "I love this place." But his, his no, but his screen his his. Screen froze. Look at his dumb face. Can you see me now? Oh, he's back. Okay, Sean, you froze for a minute. Yeah, I know. Okay, so okay, piece of shit movie. And when I got to your scene, um, I watched your scene and I thought that his act his acting was terrible. The main guy in that. The guy you're talking about. Greco? Yeah, he was Paul fucking atrocious. Paul Greco was in Broadway, Daniel I, I, Danny Rose. He was in the off, cable not, guy. He's great, that guy. I, I don't care. He was horrible there. So and I, I said to myself, no, I said to myself, and I swear on anything that's holy and sacred, the only guy I liked in that scene was the fucking little Spanish guy with the big ass <laughs> afro. <laughs> And now I'm talking to him, and I swear to God, this this is not a joke. This is not a bit. I can tell you why it's not a bit because I am high as fuck, and I would never be able to pull this off if I wasn't. And I'm telling you right now, you were the only person I liked in that shit movie. Uh, what? Why uh, is this guy putting the young three bottles me on to the edibles? <laughs> <laughs> what? This guy with three bottles, he's clinking in his hands and stop. 
Oh my god, do you know who that that's is? That's movie magic. That, that's magic. David Patrick Kelly, who yeah. he who who is goes on to be in 48 hours. He's in commando. He's in so many that that scene. Now I understand that scene was improvised by him, right? Yeah. Where where they wanted to use something else. He didn't want to do it. So he takes the bottles and starts, you know, warriors come out to play. I've heard him say in interviews came out from a neighbor. They used to call for him. Very that must have been very creepy. And I forgot what his name is. Uh David, come out and play. That's where he got that. That's from. David. But yeah, David Patrick Kelly. He he played Luther. He played Luther in Forty Eight Hours. Also, okay, but that was his name. He's the leader of the Rogues. I love this movie. And in the Warriors, he steals every scene that he's in. Even when he's going to buy candy, and the girl behind the counter, who's who, she was talking terrible. She goes, "Real stiff. Are you gonna pay for that?" He's like, "For what? He's great." Uh, He's he was the most over the top actor I have ever seen <laughs> in my life. No, this doesn't make it great. My I, I just texted my buddy and I said, "Hey, I'm interviewing Apache Jones from the Warriors," and he goes, "Apache Ramos, Ramos." I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I read it wrong. That's okay. I used and to then, get um, me Apache's rainbow, and it says, <laughs> "I'm so fucking jealous." Oh, he froze again. Oh no. Reason. Yeah, but how can you not like the performance of David Patrick Kelly? Did you get a chance to work with him, uh, Patch? No, not at all. Uh, I've never met him. Uh, a lot of people in the cast I haven't met. I've met most of them at uh, meet and greets. Uh, like Cyrus, I had met at a meet and greet and stuff like that. But the meet and greets are, are so much fun. There's so much fun. The people, uh, you should see all the, I'm waiting for Sean to come come back on. I want to show him some of the stuff that people make for me and send me and stuff. It's it's incredible. The love I've I've signed so many different things and I think one of them uh, was like a, a piece of boardwalk from uh, Coney Island, which I signed. Another one was uh, I was in Boston. I was uh, do, doing an extra part, and uh, I forgot I forgot what the name was. The un, ungovernable. Something force, else called about called. Coney Island, and. Uh, the yeah. guy wanted me to autograph his car, so I autographed his car. <laughs> but uh, it, it's been a trip, you know. I didn't think uh, that's why I'm waiting for Sean. Okay, we got uh, we got we got him back. Yeah, I don't, I, paid, I don't think I paid. So the let me hear from Sean. I love Sean. Go ahead, Sean. All right, so look, we'll finish your thought. Finish your thought, then I'll go back to that fucking pile of dog shit that you were in. <laughs> no, but when, when I first saw, like I said, when I first saw the Warriors, I cracked up because I'm from the Bronx, okay? okay. And I know what the real gangs. I knew the real gangs. So they did not look real to me at all when it first happened. Well, and that's, I remember this is my the, point. The whole, this is my point about the whole thing. You don't, you, all right, look, I'm a little younger than both of you, okay? <laughs> I'm a little younger than both of you. Um, I'm 46, so I didn't grow up in the 70s and 80s in New York, but I saw how dirty it was in the 90s, okay, before Giuliani came in and all that shit. And I wish, now let me tell you something, One of some of my favorite things are from New York City in the 70s. Like, I have a real affinity to that era, you know? I would have killed to live in that era. But here's my thing. In 1977 New York, do you really have a bunch of gangs, a bunch of guys in a gang walking down the street in baseball uniforms. Yes, that was the I baseball series. And they were on roller skates. 
so they can get away faster. Yeah, no, well, no. That's, that's the other gang. That's the other gang, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, those are the punks. You're talking about the Furies. The baseball uh, Furies. Sean. And you the, had the baseball the, furies. You had the Lizzies. You had the uh, orphans. It was, it was Walter. Walter also loved. Walter also loved the uh, uh, Kiss. So the Kiss makeup on the baseball. That's what it I like. mean, How many gangs would put on that, all that makeup? But for, but every Halloween, at some point, I see a little kid dressed up as a fury, and it it warms my heart. It just carried over. The Warriors, like it or not, is a big part of pop culture. Absolutely, it is. No, no, it yeah, absolutely is. Yeah, I call it, I call I it the Rocky you. Horror of gang movies because people come dressed up. Uh, check out uh, the Warriors on Coney Island uh, at the Coney Island Film Festival at midnight, and 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 people come dressed up as the characters. Even my character, they come in with a, with a wig. Like that's my number one question: Was I wearing a wig? I get that a lot from younger people, but. Uh, it's 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 uh it's amazing how people love this movie and it keeps going strong. I'm gonna keep keep talking. I want to show you something. I'll be right there. Yeah, he has he has something to show you, Sean. He okay. we were talking when you don't face guys. People, this comes this comes from the Philippines. This is this is me. It Man. even has my tattoo. <laughs> wow! This is, look at it. This is made in the Philippines by an artist called Be Black Boys. Be, what was it? Be Black Boys. Yeah, with a Y, with a Z. I mean, look at, look at his character. That's really, that, that's really good. And it got the orphans in the back. It's even got the, the Pumas I was wearing that day. So wow. somebody wow. took the time yeah, that's to good do detail. this. This is totally wrong, though, because nobody ever guessed what I was really carrying. <laughs> I wasn't carrying what they think it's a nun nunchuck, but it wasn't. It was something more, dis it was something disgusting. And at this last event, at this last event, somebody made this for me, which I don't know what it is, but my grandkid thought it was it was very hip. That's amazing. Oh, my God. That's you? So, I, you know, the office. I'm going to be 69 years old, so I don't know what these things are. Oh, that's but, crazy. Uh, it has the name, it has the name Orphan Jesse. Because according to the video game, my name is Jesse. But, and then look at this. This is a mask. There's a guy named Clash in New York. He's an incredible artist. This is a face mask. This is a character of me. And well, you know Sean is right. You know, when you do look at all the uh, the actors that were on, you know, played uh, gang members, you really do look the most authentic. Right. That is, I, I I kind of agree with that. I mean, it was a kind of racist comment by me, but you know what? It's totally, <laughs> it's totally it's a very No, it's a very 70s comment. You know, when I, let's, let's call it culturally, appro culturally appropriate. <laughs> it's a 70s comment. You know, it's uh, it's the way we spoke and the way you see it. I get that comment a lot. That I Apache, I got most, something yeah. to show you. Yeah, he's one of the best. Let me tell you, he's one Great of guy. the best human beings. He is one of the nicest people in the world. Now, I I go when I go to these meet and greets. Uh, Sean, you'll like this. I have a crew of orphans. I've created this thing called Orphan Nation, and. Uh, when I started, it uh, was uh, Mercy who got me involved with these meet and greets. I, all I had was a piece of paper with a, a copy of my picture. Now, with my little group, 
I have this huge banner that they, that I that my crew brings. And Michael Beck looked at it the other day and he goes, well, Apache, at least you put the W on it. He is the nicest, kindest guy you will ever met. We were in San Antonio at the uh, horrific uh, film festival. It was uh, David Harris, myself, my daughter, and Michael Beck. And my daughter was having my second uh, grand, uh, my second grandchild. Oh, my favorite band I wore it, Santana. Okay, <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. 1969, baby. Fillmore East. I was That's there. Right. How much when they played? When they played uh, Woodstock, how much did they make? Do you remember? I, I don't know how much they made. Five hundred dollars, and they did it. They did it because Bill Graham represented them, and it was their. It was really that Woodstock was Santana's coming out party. Oh yeah, that was that was his coming out. I mean, yep. I was getting high in the basement in, in the Bronx, and <laughs> uh, and uh, my man Gonzalo says, "You want to hear some rock?" And it was the first album with the line that has all the shit in it. And uh, almost and I, was like, nah, I don't, don't want to hear that. And then I put it on and became the soundtrack of my, the rest of my life. In fact, my granddaughter, who's now six, she's named after Carlos Santana. Her name is Santana Ruby Ray. Yep, love it. I love it. No, you know my grandson is eleven. His name, his name is Hendrix. <laughs> nice. I saw a great documentary uh, yesterday called Count Me In. It's all about drummers and it was all about different kinds of drummers and stuff. Michael Strivey. They were um they were interviewing the old uh, drummer from Lenny Kravitz. Remember Jeff? It was a chick. Yes. She actually married Carlos Santana. Get yeah. Out of here. Yeah. 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 Cindy Blackwood. Yes. Exactly. Cindy Blackwood. Exactly. She's an amazing drummer, and she married him like twelve years ago. Well, you know what supergroup came out of Santana, right? Yeah, Journey. That's right. I wouldn't call Journey a supergroup. Are you out of your mind? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is there. Of course, that's supergroup. No, a supergroup. No, you have the wrong definition of a supergroup. A supergroup is like the Traveling Wilburys, where you have Tom Petty. Is Asia a supergroup? Like an all-star band, like the band you're all-stars. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Asia, no, they're a band. Okay. Well, it, it, it was from uh, ELP. It was from, uh, from Yes, and they were from uh, King Crimson. You know, all all kind of big uh, bands like you know. I, I remember 70s. my first year. Well, I saw when I he saw Santana again. the first time was '69. It was right after I had played that record, getting high in the basement. I was in the village, and the Fillmore East, and all of a sudden I saw Santana, the Voices of East Harlem, and a group called Ball and Jack. I think it was like for seven or eight bucks, maybe, and, and uh, it was great. When when I was in college, I had this black roommate. For a couple of couple of weeks before I took over the the world, but um, he was a big Jethro Tull fan, and uh, I had never seen Jethro Tull. So I, you know, we the room was split in half. And then one year, I mean, uh, one week he had tickets and he took me. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. That Jethro Tull band was really good. It was that uh, Tickets of Brick album? Tickets yeah. of yeah. Well, back in the seventies, you know, early seventies, Tull wound up playing Shea Stadium. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. That's yeah. how big they yeah. actually were at that point. So when you saw them, you probably saw them at that height as thick as a brick had just come out. Yeah, there, there was this guy, Ian Anderson. Boy, that guy was pretty incredible. Oh, he's man. great live. <laughs> Ian Anderson is, is insanely <laughs> good. And they have one of the greatest guitar players. And also, their keyboard player turned out to be trans. Wow. 
didn't didn't uh, turn trans until he's in his 60s or she's in his 60s but anyway let's get back to the uh the warriors okay and for, first off when you go to these warrior conventions we'll talk about the movie in a second when you go into the warrior conventions what's what's the reception like from the fans and what's it like to meet up with the old cast like you just said michael beck is great you ever run into uh, guys like james because look at look at the people that came out of this movie you had james remar okay you had uh, uh mercedes rule um i think is sonny lanham still alive no no he yeah. passed away yeah he you know he he was billy bear in 48 hours and predator you had paul i mean you really did you know deborah van if you uh, notice Rosenberg. if you notice walter hill kept some of the actors and kept putting them in his other movies you know but um to be the we're a very tight cast you know we 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 go to dinner together we hang out together the warriors themselves by themselves they're they're always pretty much together i mean they've been together for so long but as the as the secondary players, we get the love too. In fact, when I was uh, Saturday, Michael comes to me and he goes, uh, "You you want to come to dinner with us? You come with us?" I go, "No," because since I went to college out there, friends came to see me and I went out to dinner with them. Yeah, but it's uh, nice to be invited. Oh yeah, well, yeah, especially if you're an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> now there was controversy when this film was released. You know, oh, there's um, a lot of controversy. Yeah, what was what was going on? I heard there was a well, type of like, you vandalism the and and, and, they, and they, violence. They were afraid of the violence. They were afraid of like you know people uh, today. Uh, like I'm, I'm getting close to seventy. I used to party in the seventies, and now I, I'm going to be in the seventies. But <laughs> but uh, uh, people forget how violent New York City was back then. You know, they always talk about how violent it is now and how scary it is now. But New York City was just was worse in the seventies and maybe even the eighties, especially when the crack epidemic hit. And I think it's the fact that we have more access to immediate news that bombards us, that scares us all the time. You know, you hear more about it. You know, when I was growing up, you had to wait till the next day to get the post right. of the Daily News yeah. or That's something. Right. Now you get twenty-four hour news. Blah blah blah. Somebody gets uh, shot in the head. You're going to hear it 24 times before you wake up in the morning. So it, it seems like it's more. But New York was very, very rough, especially when we did the Warriors. New York was very hot. The The city was very hot. Uh, 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 most of the buildings in the Bronx were destroyed. It was, it was really, really, really bad time. What there. time of year but did you that, film it? In, what, time what time of year did you film it? I remember the summer because I remember it being really, really hot outside. I remember uh, going on a set and uh, just be doing a lot of sweating. But um, but from all that, all that stuff came art. You know, came came graffiti. Really, came. but from the ashes came all this art, this pop culture, and the warrior touches the movie touches on all of that with Rembrandt. You know, doing the graffiti and uh, so it touches a lot of people. I, you know, I always ask people when I do these things. I say, "Well, when was the first time you saw the Warriors?" And I get these great stories, like you know, my father and my mother weren't together, and my father came and told my mother he was going to take me to see Lady in the Tramp, but he took me to see the Warriors, and you know, that there's a lot of bonding things the first time. To me, it's like a comic book. 
you know, it's like uh, uh, these different groups, uh, these little like superheroes. These because you know, Sean, you still there? Is Sean there? Yeah. yeah. Don't you think they should have took a gypsy cab? <laughs> yeah, right. The the worry. <laughs> they they're taking the train. They, he's saying they should have just Ubered it. Yeah, they should. No, we have we got gypsy cats. Yeah, gypsy Let me tell you something. I live. I live about five blocks from my convenience store. I drive every fucking time I go there. I ain't walking. I ain't walking from the Bronx to Coney Island. What the fuck? Are you out of your mind? They didn't walk. They were taking the train. And Debbie Van Volkenberg. Oh, what a trooper she was. You know, she, she broke her arm during the filming. Oh, is yeah, that why she was wrapped up? Yeah, she broke her arm in the fil- uh, during the filming. Uh, 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 so it was. It was. They have great stories. Uh, the Warriors. They're, they're they're great guys. And now that we're, all, you know, uh, but yeah, we do get other, We up. really have a good time. There's no. Uh, yeah. Hey, well, uh, what I like thing. is uh, when I get invited. Like I did Chilla. I did Chilla this year. The year. It was the pandemic thing. I was in Florida. And then the year I was supposed to do Chilla, I got very sick with my heart. And um, so I couldn't do it. But when I did Chilla this year, just me, it was me and uh, Didi. Didi, one of the Lizzie's. Uh, Didi yeah, yeah. She, she, was, she was the one with the also uh, the big hair, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, uh, it was her and I, and we cleaned up because people, people want to get all the autographs they can. They can. So if you're part of that movie, they want it, you know. Yes. So and um, they met. We get so much love from the fans. I get things sent to me all the time. Uh, people want to talk to me, like you guys. Thank you. Uh, you know, it, it's been an amazing experience. I've done other things. I got a well. Movie the thing is, Apache, I can relate to it because I get the same thing with uh, the Irishman. With the Irishman. <laughs> yeah, I was in the Irishman. Yeah, I get the exact same thing. So, right. I know. so we're but, the same. I will. I'll tell you one thing. We were. I've gone to Chiller. Good. What what do you have coming out now? No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. I got the shameless self promotion. Yeah, we're gonna do that. We um. Yeah. I've I've gone to Chiller for probably twenty five years, and I will tell you the first time that the Warriors uh did the convention, I've never seen a line that big at Chiller. It was absolute. It was it was amazing. They must have had like ten or twelve of them, I think, for the first time. And Jeff, that line had to be five, six hundred people long. Well, the thing you, is, know, you had, you had the warriors themselves. Is, you had, like he said, like uh, Patrick said, you had the secondary characters, and you had great actors that came out of that movie. That one, like I said, Mercedes Rule, who uh, was in uh, Big. Uh, she, she was, she was in, you know, yeah, she was kind of hot back then too. Yeah, but uh, I think I don't know how long ago this was, Sean. Yes, night was uh, the uh, the 35th anniversary. Right now we're 43 years together, but the 35th anniversary was at Coney Island, and uh, it was a hot summer, two three days, and we the lines for that was incredible. It was incredible. I lost my voice. Uh, we had bands. It was so many people showed us so much love. At Coney Island, it was it was warrior's turf, you know. Uh, it, it was a fantastic experience. Now let's go back to be Let's go back to the movie, okay? So when it first comes out, okay? I mean, did, did you go to the screening? Get out of here. I wasn't invited to nothing. 
I didn't okay. even think about it. You, you get, so you I didn't even it. think about the movie. I didn't even think about the movie. After I got paid, I didn't think about it until I, I, I was seeing the protests and all that stuff. At, which is Now really they were protesting because, because of the of violence that. in the movie? Yeah, there was, there, you know, because like I said, New York was very hot at that time. There was a lot of killings. I mean, if you go back to the homicide rate in New York City, I'm sure it's much higher than it's been in a long, uh, than, than it is now. I mean, we were getting like 2,000 homicides a year back in those times. New York was very hot. The gangs would lose. 40 Deuce was off the chain. 40 Deuce was off the chain. It was, uh, uh, like you say, my man said that he would love to be part of that, that culture. You know, I remember doing cocaine, watching Superfly, um, the, the, what they call the AMC theater now. You know, it was it was the Wild Wild West back it then. It really and, was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was, And I, and I was young. And I was young. And, and that, that was me. That's uh, part of me. It turns out years later, I wind up being a social worker of Frontline of the AIDS movement. In that in that district, taking care of people with full blown AIDS, but that's another story. Now, speaking of, but, speaking um, of that, did, didn't that happen to uh, the kid who played Rembrandt? Well, that's not for me to say, and you know, that's that's you know, I never met him, so I'm not going to speak on that. But you know, that's that's it. I know he was a very well loved by the cast members who talk about him, and they were very close to him. But I never met him, so I, I I'm not going to speak on that. And I wish I would have met him because he he uh, touched a lot of people. In fact, at the 30th anniversary, I think it's you're, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. They've been to this, but yeah. Okay, I'm here. Okay, now can we, we okay. got you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you my favorite New York City story from when I was uh, 18 years old. So I lived in Hudson County, New Jersey. I did in Hudson. I lived in. I raised my daughter in Union City. That's where I was born and raised, Union City, 24th and Palisade. There you go. I lived at the Doric Apartments. I know exactly where, right down the, the street. Dor you know who used to live there, too? Rita Marley. From, uh, uh, Bob Marley's wife lived there. Cool and oh, gay sure. People, mm -hmm. The Manhattans. If you fell off my terrace, you landed in Hoboken. He, he yep. knows what I'm talking about. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So we would take the bus in, and then we would go to Show World. Right, yeah. right, right on Forty Second. So, Show World for the people who don't know had the the little booth that was like a U shape, right? It was like it was a U circle. It was a circle, circle, circle. and then they had, everybody had their own booth, right? And 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 the and the girl was in the middle, right? So then you and, and the, your money and the little in. booth would pop up. Right. Yep, yep. They had a lot so, of sex there for a quarter. Yeah. So we're all you know putting our money in stuff like that we're fucking around and then we're on the way out and we're walking and my best friend yeah goes, those weren't egg drops on the floor sean yeah no yeah nobody spilled their egg drop <laughs> soup exactly oh so, my uh, god so that's that real booth was slippery go ahead bro slippery. You, if you stood there too long for more than 30 seconds your feet stuck to the ground <laughs> and, and you got pregnant <laughs> So I this brings back so many bad fucking memories. It's it. amazing. Oh, so, I got it. So I, I got it. Right, right my day. best friend, my best friend says to my friend Danny, "Yo, what did you do?" He goes, "Yo, yo, I touched the boobs." So then he goes, "That's right." So what what did you do to? He goes to my friend JJ, "What did you do?" He goes, "Yo, yo, I touched their ass." And he looks at me, he goes, "What did you do?" And I go, "Here, smell." And I have my hand, and I smack uh, it right under. There's his always nose. one guy like that. There was always one guy in the crew who did shit like that. That was me. Yep. Uh, yep. 
and yeah, that, that punch and that punch in the head I felt for about nine days afterward, <laughs> but it was so worth it. So worth it. You that, know, back uh, let me see the early eighties. Uh, uh, after I did the Warriors, uh, the early eighties, I got involved with the record business. A friend of mine, roommate of mine in college, they. What did you do in the record business? Uh, well. I, my friend Arthur Baker, he's a super producer now. He's well-known. He's done thousands of things. But anyways, he was a roommate of mine in college. And he said, uh, Pat, you want to get in the record business? I said, sure. And yeah. next year I know I'm picking and packing records in a warehouse in Long Island City. So uh, it was a slow start. But from there, we had a record. Uh, Arthur started a record label called Streetwise Records. And uh, Streetwise Records, back in those days, we had the... Uh, Independent record labels were kicking ass, and that's what dance music was. It was that a lot of disco 12 inches on uh, a lot of 12 inches. I remember that label, yeah. So, street, yeah, you remember it because uh, 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 Arthur and a guy named Marie Starr they found a group out of Boston. Marie Starr had a couple of big hits in the 70s. Well, his group, uh, the group that we dropped, uh, that Arthur dropped the uh, the four, the uh, 12. The group was New Edition. You heard of them, right? They blew up. Uh, yeah. Blew up. Yeah. So he all found, he found the labels, New Kids on the Block too. Yeah, exactly. So and uh, so in, in those days, uh, Sean, we used to go to the different uh, uh, record pools in the city. You had to get record pools, the Billboard reporters. Then you had to go to the radio stations. So it was a constant battle of getting your records played. And you had to go to these different clubs. And if the clubs weren't playing your records, you couldn't sell them. And if the stores didn't have them because the clubs didn't play them, it was a that kind of thing. There was a lot of magic happening in those days, and a lot of groups came out of that period. Um, well, so I was I was Streetwise had the stylistics, new edition. I just looked up some of some of their. Yeah. Uh, oh, we have remember, rockers. We had rockers revenge. It's so that was a big one. Rockers revenge. Um, you also had. Crash Goes My Love, which was a big song. Lolita Remember that? Holloway, That's right. That was a big hit. I, re- I remember I, I spent, Eartha Kitt was on that that's label. That's right. I spent my birthday, Christmas Eve, drinking champagne with Eartha Kitt, and I don't have a, a, a damn picture. Not like oh. today. So those were, those were really good times. I even had uh, my last gig. I had a good 10 years. Uh, my last gig, I got I got a couple of gold and platinum records uh, with Ready for the World, who did Old Sheila, and big of hit. course, New Edition. But uh, I, I road managed the Fat Boys. I had I did fifty cities in twenty five days road managing the Fat Boys. I've had a, a pretty good, interesting life for sure. And Colonel yeah. Abrams, I brought out Colonel Abrams. He was a uh, rest in peace, uh, one of the kings of house music at that time. So uh, that I, is I really like late seventies, early eighties stuff. What, yeah, what we're talking I, about I, here. I, I worked a little bit, a little bit with uh, Donny Osmond. A little bit with John Waite from the Babies, uh, yeah. But Eartha Kitt having a celebrating my birthday with Eartha Kitt on Christmas Eve, drinking champagne, and after her threatening to go upside my head. But uh, yeah, why did she do that? Why was you going to go upside Because I was I was starstruck. She just happened to walk into the office, and I was there in the office. We were on Forty Third Street off Sixth Avenue, and uh, which is a completely different area now. But um, it was late in the office. Uh, we had a banging sound system, so we kind of partying. And uh, I was quite well known at that time. And then a lot of people had sent me champagne and in walks Eartha Kid. Have I you already done the Warriors? 
the Warriors, yeah, the Warriors were done, but they weren't that popular then. We're talking about like 82, 83. Okay. You know, the Warriors was okay. The Warriors just grew, you know, just started growing. But at that time, it was I was more into the record business and uh, having a good time. I mean, we, we had hit records. I never had to, uh, I was always on the guest list. I never had to pay to go into any gigs. It was, it was, it was good times. You lived the life. Uh, yeah, I was uh, the uh, New York City breakdance uh, uh, judge for a while, which was a lot of fun at the old Ritz, which, which was the old, uh, it's the Webster Hall. Was the, was, yeah, there you yeah, go. On, on 12th Hall. Avenue. Yeah, and um, I used to see all the bands there. And, you know, I, I, was, I was living the life. And uh, then a lot of things changed. And then um, I had to get serious. Then I had a kid. So I, I, you don't want to, we can go there later, but that's when I got a real job. <laughs> I, hey, had, so did, I, had, I had to get braces. Yeah. Did you ever get a chance to uh, work with and meet uh, Lynn Thickpen? Who played the DJ in um, the Warriors? No, no, but I know that they named the school after her, where she's from. I think she's from Juliet, uh, Juliet, Indiana, or Illinois, whatever that is. She but, was. Uh, a, I know that. she was a wonderful actress. She was. She was probably. If you ever saw the movie Godspell, she was in that, and she was really yeah, great. Of course, I've seen. She's also, in, yeah. where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? She was on that show too. That's right. Yes, she was. She was, yeah. Yeah. Show my youth. My, yeah. But it's but, funny uh, how, it how these time. careers span and right? like where you know people from. Like it's funny that you may get uh kids like like Apache, when you do these conventions, will you have you'll probably have guys like my age and you know, and then you'll probably have like twenty year olds come up to you and you're like, how, how do they know this movie? Yeah, there's there's been like three generations. I can honestly say after 43 years of the Warriors being out, there's like three generations now. You can really see it. And it's kind of like a, a they pass it on. You know, they pass it on. There's plenty of kids that don't know the Warriors. You know, like my grand, my grandson, he just knows that I was in something. But it's not until recently. He's 11. So I think when he was about nine, it started because he almost killed me with Frozen when he was growing, when he was a baby. <laughs> that, that almost killed me. Frozen, and then uh, then he got into Star Wars with my ex-wife, his grandmother, and uh, I was the only one. I was like Sean. I, I had never seen it. I had seen so many parodies of it. I felt I'd seen it. You know, such a part of culture. But then um, he's 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 getting. He's a big kid. He's much bigger than me now, and um, he's wearing my hoodies now. He started wearing my T-shirts and my hoodies. So he wore his hoodie to school, the Warriors hoodie that I got him for the uh, 40th anniversary. And uh, he doesn't think much of it. He just wore it. And two of his teachers were like, where'd you get that? Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, my father's in the Warriors. And they actually asked him to get autographs. <laughs> so that's when he started really thought. He said, dad, they went, grandpa, they want your autograph. I go, yeah, I told you. I told you. So he started to feel it now. Yeah, he started to feel it. Did you stop acting when you were in the music industry? Was it that? Was that yes, why... I start. I stopped acting, and I was working. I was in charge. Well, after the label folded, the management team of New Edition hired me, and so I was part of New Edition in the beginning, and I, I was responsible for a New Edition, uh, Ready for the World, a group out of Flint, Michigan, that sure. hit number one pop with uh, uh, O'Sheela, yep. and. Uh, 
uh, uh, Colonel Abrams was my accounts. Those are those are the three I dealt with. Then when Bobby went solo, I went with Bobby for a while, and then we did that for a couple of years. And then how, wait, uh, wait, how, wait, wait, how was that? Because when he went solo, it was great. He, it was he, great. Was, I mean, was he a little crazy at the time? Being with New Edition was, uh, I used to get uh, fan mail to give to New Edition. You know, I was responsible. I used to call it, I've always, hey, Sean, you're going to like this one. You know, you have a guest list. Well, I used mm -hmm. to call it the pest list, you know, because I would be responsible for like the guest list for these groups and stuff. But uh, yeah, New Edition, uh, they worked very, very hard for those kids. Now they're yeah, but what was Bobby Brown like, though? Because he, he left under not the greatest circumstances. Yeah, with them, but right? Bobby, uh, uh, I never got involved with any of that. But Bobby always traveled with his brother Tommy, and we also shared the same birthday, Tommy Brown. And to me, Bobby was my favorite. Bobby and Ralphie were my favorites. But Bobby, um, I know he got a lot of a bad rap when he was young, and that you know he played into it a lot. But he had a, a great heart. I mean, I've, I've been in limos with him where he'll stop the car and give a homeless person $100 and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. That's Bobby. Bobby was very generous to a fault in a lot That's of ways. That's beautiful you to gotta hear. You got to remember, he was like 15 years old too. You know, 14, yeah. 15 years old. I even hired, I hired uh, one of my old uh, housemasters to go on tour with us. She was a jazz musician so that they could go to school. But it was hard to tell kids that had thousands of little girls screaming at them, you know, to do certain things. So that became an issue too. But uh, Bobby was, was my friend. What was the riff in the band then? Why did he leave? Because he it does he, he does come across as like you know a, a, an authentic guy. So why well, did he want to um, believe in his friends? I I, I you know uh, people people get in your ear in the industry. You know people get in your ear and uh, remember, like I said, they were kids. You know, they were children, uh, basically, and they worked really damn hard. And uh, I think uh, maybe Bobby saw an opportunity to go solo and took it, you know. but He blew guys, up. Yeah. They, oh, they, my God. They, I mean, being with them, I remember I still have, I found it, uh, a new edition tour jacket. I still got one. And, of course, it doesn't fit me. But I'm going to maybe <laughs> save that for my granddaughter, you know. But, uh yeah, I you know Bobby had different um, images of what people thought he was, and I always liked him, and I uh, was close with his brother Tommy. And but my daughter has a different perception because my daughter was like about two years old, and I have a picture with Bobby holding my daughter, and uh, she was a baby, two years old, and she saw it years later. She goes, "Oh, Dad, you let him hold me." Because her perception of him. Is like being a, it's a totally different thing, you know. Especially since she loved Whitney so much. How but, how uh, over how overblown is the media perception of Bobby Brown to like the real Bobby Brown that you knew? The, the Bobby Brown that I knew was a kind and, and and he just loved to do shows. I mean, he just loved it. He just loved it. And um, unfortunately, uh, the more you give, the more you lose your soul in this in the entertainment business. You know, uh, it's a, you know, I, I remember being on tour with the Fat Boys and, and we got shot at in Memphis, you know, and I spent the night at Elvis Presley Memorial Hospital in Memphis with my driver who got shot in the butt. And, you know, it, it, and why, why the Fat Boys were like the Three Stooges, you know what I'm saying? Um, was it Puffy? Just, no, was, what did you say, Sean? It was it Puffy? 
No, you mean Buffy, Buffy. Not Buffy, Buffy. Like Buffy. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, Buffy. Buffalo, it was the day. He passed away. And uh, Marky, uh, Prince Marky D passed away like two years ago, too. And he was a, he was a great guy. What Prince Marky was, 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 was one of the was, nicest guys in, in, in the business. Absolutely. I, I was saying it was Sean Puffy Combs who was shot at you. Oh, no, 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 no. Sean Puffy, it was like no. an we East were, Coast, West Coast. We These are the edibles. We were in Memphis. <laughs> we were in Memphis. I spent the night in Elvis Presley Memorial Hospital. I remember that. And I had, that's when the new soap, those those phones that came out, they were like this big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Calling New York like this with those big ass cell phones, trying to get reception. Yeah, those are good old days. And then after that, I went into social services. I had to get a real job, and because of my uh, years in the gay bit and the in the gay clubs, getting my records played like in the garage and places like that, I had seen this this thing called AIDS happening. So I wasn't afraid for it. So when I I said I came up to it with the Fat Boys, I, I became Mr. Moms. And then I had to get a job, and I was like, oh, shit, I have a degree. So I, I, I was reading the Amsterdam News, and I, uh, since I grew up on welfare, I started working in uh, public assistance. And uh, they had a unit called the AIDS unit called Division of AIDS Services, and uh, I joined it. So one minute I was, uh, it's like my life changed. I went from hanging out in limousine and cocaine and partying and shit like that. Next minute, no, I'm in, uh, I'm in Hell's Kitchen walking up a uh, six-floor flight to try to help somebody with AIDS keep their apartment. So I did that uh, for 10 years, and then I got promoted to the South Bronx. <laughs> so that was that was a trip. But when I worked, you know, I, I maybe when I worked in Division of AIDS Services, I really learned about courage and love and, and the real deal on that. But they didn't have the domestic partnership at that time, too. So it was back then it was really a death sentence so when you got oh, a, a sure. pending you knew what it was and to deal with that person you still with them until they passed and then you would get another client and back then they weren't burying you then they they were cremating all my clients then it, it, it was very tough i have a lot of stories luckily the blarney stone was right downstairs from the office on 30th and 8th avenue and uh the people from uh Madison Square Garden, the, the people from the post office and us, social services, we staying out there. And that was our place, our base. But uh, those were tough times in Hell's Kitchen with uh, with the AIDS. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of good people died. It was tough times. That, tough that, times. Is a, that was a tough time. Um, so now, you know, you, you, you've been doing that. How often do you do the uh, the Warrior Conventions or, or the Chiller Conventions? Well, uh, I, it's it's you know I I would say I would do maybe two or three a year, but this year a little more since after the pandemic. It all depends on the uh, promoters, you know, because the you know it's going to cost you money to get the warriors. You know, you got to uh, if you're gonna if you want all of them, you got to fly some of them in. They don't all live in New York, you know, and uh, the hotels, you know, and uh, so you know. It's it's so when we get called in, the promoters uh, is not sure if they're gonna make money on us. But now they're starting they're starting to see they do, because when I did Chilla, it's the most I ever made, and the promoter he knew it because when they first set the prices, because this promoter, uh, particular promoter, he paid for the 
photos. You pay for the hotel. He paid for the transportation. I had my own transportation. But, um, and, you know, he, he gets to set the prices, you know. And when, when DD and I saw the prices, I said, we ain't going to make no money. But we did. People just love us. I mean, people just love. They want anything to do with the Warriors. Oh, this year, uh, Sean, you're going to like it. I came up with this idea. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I got to show you this, Sean. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know Dan. You, know, you guys know Danny O'Connor from House of Pain? You know Danny O'Connor yeah. from House of Pain? Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah. I don't know if you know it, but he, he's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he bought the house that was all decrepit, the Outsiders house, where they made the movie The Outsiders. So right. he invited me one. Uh, he invited me out there to sign autographs and help uh, make money for The Outsiders house. It's now a museum, and now it's a tourist attraction. It's, a, it's wonderful. Anyway, so he, he went out there, and he had these things. And these are uh, uh, magnets for your refrigerator. So I forgot all about it because that was about four years ago. So this time I made some. So I have a little extra for people who don't have like forty dollars in order to grab it. They're twenty. But yeah, that's that's what it is. <laughs> I see Those are all, pretty cool, man. Excited, Sean. <laughs> that is yeah, that's cool, man. I dig, that, I dig that stuff. That's a, that's that's some that's some good stuff we got there. Wow, so this 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 was this was a pretty interesting hour that we just kind of like uh, we did with Apache. Look, I, I, I gotta look, say, man, here's another one. This is when I was in the record business, and I don't know if you know, but uh, we used to go to black music conventions in Atlanta. It was called Jack the Rapper. Jack the Rapper was a was a magazine, a newspaper that had to do with black music and black radio, uh, all the uh, radio stations in uh, in America. So I was given the Kelly Isley Award, which is funny. He was born on Christmas, and I'm Christmas Eve. And it was given to me for my total involvement in Black radio and Black music, the family affair, Atlanta, Georgia, 1986. So I have all these, these, these little things I got that I did after, I mean, before, after the Warriors, you know. So the Warrior glory is coming later. In life, like sometimes people stop me in the street. I don't know if it's for the record business or it's the Warriors. So I don't know if you're gonna close us up pretty soon, but I just want to mention my new movie. Uh, it's called The Automat, and I don't know if you guys are old enough, but The Automat. I'm in this movie. I'm gonna drop some names on you now. You got your seatbelt on. <laughs> Go for it. Mel Brooks is in this movie. Wow. Mel Brooks is in this movie. Rob Rob Ryan is in this movie. Uh, uh, his father's yeah. in this movie. Who's that? Uh, uh, Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner. Ginsburg is in this movie. Uh, How long ago did General you film Colin this movie? Powell's in this movie. And yours truly, Apache Ramos, is in this movie. And I'm in it twice. And uh, what was your question? I said, How long ago did you guys film this movie? Well, I filmed my part about three years ago. It took seven years to, to, to get it done. Yeah. So it's about seven years to get it done. And it's a beautiful, beautiful. It's by uh, Lisa Hurwitz and uh, uh, Mel Brooks. Falls, you can see part of it on YouTube. The Give Mel us the Brooks name of the movie again. It's called The Automat. It's, uh, the Automat, Amazon. folks. 
was the automat and it was written up in the New York Times. We got the 98 tomato rating and it's a beautiful nostalgic tribute to a time of New York City that, and Philadelphia because the automats, well, in Philadelphia, they called it Horned and Hardart and here in New York, they called it the automat. I mean, but, that's uh, two legends right there. Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner, the late Carl, Carl Reiner. Reiner uh, Elliot Gould is in it. Uh, he, he also passed about, recently, right? No, Elliot Gould, I think, is still with us. But uh, he talks about the time where the Horn and Hard had the uh, children's playhouse. Off. And all these famous actors came out of that, and all these Broadway actors. So it's uh, it's called The Automat, and I'm glad to be part of it. And uh, you guys just, will be shocked. We we lost Sean right again. Is Elliot? Are you oh, sure? man, Sean. I like Sean a lot. Oh, listen, man, everyone loves Sean. Sean is... Sean is like uh he's 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 like well, first of all he's he's a great comic. Uh, yeah, you know what? You're right. Uh Elliot Gould is still with us. He's eight. That motherfucker's still alive. He's, he's still, still he's alive. He's a I motherfucking so, pimp. Look up the order man right now on Amazon Prime. Look at the rating we got on that. Well, look that New up York right Times now. What's it called? The order The New York Times even mentioned me. <laughs> no brag, just back. The automat movie. I'm, I'm looking this up right now. And Amazon uh, Prime. Oh, look at that. Wow, Mel Brooks looks really young in it. Well, he's not young, but he's so funny. He says, he Wait, talks wh- about why is Ruth G- Beta Ginsburg in this? That's it's a documentary. Right. That's right. Rob ba- Rob ba- uh, Ron Bonnet is in it. Mel Brooks, Carl Ryan, Audrey Hepburn, Elizabeth. What the hell kind of movie is this? Okay. Okay. And oh my God! I mean, <laughs> you got you got like I mean, listen to the listen to the people who I guess are going to be in this movie. Elliot Gould, by the way, his his the headshot that they're using here, he he looks like, he looks worse than Joe Biden. All right. So you got Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, Elizabeth Taylor, Cary Grant, Leslie Uggams. Wow. Leslie Uggams and Elliot Gould, they were children. Who were in the uh, Automat's uh, theater group? They had they used to have television shows. Uh, the Automat. Oh, the look Automat at this! Ha- you got. By, by the way, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you got billing over Carl Reiner. <laughs> you got that's billing right. Over that's listen right. to this. You got billing over Carl Reiner. <laughs> you know who else? Okay, Bud Abbott, Frankie Avalon, Jack Benny. Peter Boyle, Sid Caesar, Jimmy Carter, Kim. Oh my God, I can't. Wait. I gotta see this. Oh, uh, you gotta see it, brother. It's a really. Apache, you are help. in this. You are in this documentary, and you are like prominently, prominently displayed on it. I'm. I'm look. I'll show it right now. Look at that. <laughs> I know. I saw it. I don't know why they use my warrior picture. I, I don't know why. They what else are they going to use? Your, your fat boy tour picture? No, I, had, I have other things too. I had a, uh, I had, uh, I was in Vampires, uh, which is a three-part series that had uh, uh, Michael, uh, what's his name is in it? Uh, uh, El Duce, Michael Musto. He plays Heather Hopper in this movie I'm in. Uh, it's called Vampires. And uh, as Michael Musto is in it, that uh, club kid killer recently died, he's in it. Uh, uh, the kid from uh, Bronx Tale was in it. Ooh, Lilo uh, Brancato. Uh, Lilo. Uh, Lilo Lilo's Brancato, in yeah. it. Um, 
It's called Vampires. That was on Amazon Prime. It was a three-part series. Then I had a short film that was on Amazon. I won uh, Best Supporting Actor in Canada. It's called the, uh, what was it called? High and Tight. I play a barber. Wait, Michael Musto, the author, was in this movie. Yeah. 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 Vampires. Look it up. Vampires. No, no, I, I, I got it on it. It, it, it's quite the eclectic. Well, you're, you're probably you got to see the picture they use of you on here. You look like Burt Young in this. <laughs> it, it, it is. Not, I know, I'm looking. I'm looking I mean, more like Fred Sanford these days. Oh, you got to see this. Like Who is screaming, Rachel? Screaming Rachel is the, right now is the president of Track Records in Chicago, house music uh, record label. And back in the day, she was a punk artist that I knew that I had actually signed to Streetwise Records and uh, back in the day before the label folded. And uh, she has her own little empire in Ch Chicago. Screaming Rachel Kane. She was a, she does a lot, a lot of stuff. And I'm currently doing a film with her now too. I was just with her the other day, but she's out of Chicago. Screaming Rachel out of Chicago. I work, I don't, I'm not working with Hollywood. I'm working with Hollywood. <laughs> Young people that want to make films, they, they show me love. Listen, it's a lot of fun to do it. And let me tell you something. It's been a lot lot of fun uh, having you on. I mean, we, we only have an hour to do this show. So I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much. People, uh, check out you, the uh, Automat, okay? There you uh, go. It, it is absolutely going to be worth checking out. I you know, you would maybe want to have Lisa Hurwitz, the director, on your show. You know, Yeah, I man. You, listen, give her, give her my information. We'd love to talk to her. Yeah, she's a young girl. That's what Mel Brooks couldn't understand, how this young girl had such an interest and the job that she did about the automats. He said, you're like 11, he would say. But one thing I want to say about Mel Brooks, he even wrote a song for the movie, and you can see that on, uh, on uh, YouTube. But he, uh, he said the lemon meringue pie was made by God. <laughs> <laughs> I think talking about the automatic. Nice talking to I you. I think guys. on that note, yes, Apache, thank you so much, man. Great having you on. Great finally fun. like being able to talk with you uh, about know. this. And listen, I want to make Sean and you. Uh can I get a picture of Sean? Can I see Sean's face? Yeah. Look at him. Okay. Sean, <laughs> I don't know if you can see me. I got my Santana shirt. That's my band. You right. are now and forevermore, because only I can do this. An honorary orphan, brother. <laughs> uh, my life is fucking complete. Now you gotta Your like rewatch the movie. And you too, my brother. Thank honorary you, orphans, man. I Thank will. You. I will. You, I'm gonna say one more thing before we go. I will close it off. Yeah. We booked the show. The Warriors was my least favorite movie. It is now <laughs> my second least favorite movie of all time because I watched the Monsters by Rob. <laughs> Netflix, and I actually got physically violent and physically sick and and mentally tortured after uh, watching. Well, so I can't wait to watch it now. And now that we have a <laughs> personal connection, I don't hate the movie as much as I did. Uh, that's good, Papa. That's good. That's good. Patrick, you're a great the, dude, man. Uh, Thank is, you for coming. One on. of the big questions we get is, do we want to see a remake of the Warriors? No. That is a, a debate question. No way. Uh, that yeah, yeah. No way. That movie, you leave it the way it is. You'll leave it, leave as, it, the as, way it no, is. They'll ruin it. They'll make it woke. It'll stink. No, that you leave <laughs> that movie the way. 
That's what they did to the many saints in Newark. Or like, I'm the big Sopranos fan. Just don't make it woke. Just don't make it woke. They make the most woke movie ever. It's terrible. Yeah. That Love movie. you guys. Thank you for having me on. Take care, brother. Take care. Be well. All right, All right guys. We will rain catch on you. them warriors. That's right. We're going to rain on them warriors. Apache Ramos, everybody. This was a good show, man. This was really a lot of fun. Uh, catch us every week on Who's Your Band? Keep subscribing. Keep those numbers growing. And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>